Hello there, dear audience, and welcome to a very exciting special edition of The Partial Historians. I am Dr. Radford, and unfortunately this slightly unwell person sitting next to me is Dr. Greenfield. Good evening, listeners. Oh, or hello, or in your region, whatever whatever the time may be. <laughs> Insert appropriate time <laughs> greeting here. <laughs> Giving myself away. That's right. I'm ill, I'm sorry. <laughs> so today we're going to be taking a little bit of a break from the male rulers of Rome. Phew, finally. <laughs> Getting sick of all of that cough. I know. <laughs> we're going to be focusing... On Julia. Ah, uh, yes, Julia. Julia? <laughs> yeah. Yes, but which one? <laughs> yes. We're going to be focusing on Julia the Elder. <laughs> Julia Major. That's right. Augustus's one and only child. Mm, the one, the only. And I think this is like a special event as well because this is episode 10. <gasps> I didn't even know. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> well, I can't you... believe you forgot our anniversary. Even though you're sick, I shall kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, enjoy the joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why would we be taking a special break to look at Yulia? I mean, presumably, being a woman, she can't have much to do with this ruling dynasty. Or, or can she? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yes. <laughs> if we want to sort of briefly look at her uh, family credentials. Mm, yes, she, well, we've established she's the daughter of Augustus. Yes. The she, only uh, biological child in existence. That's right. So she was uh, born to Augustus while he was still just Octavian. Mm. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking at a birth date of around 39 BC. We think, yes. Yeah. Um, and this was by his wife Scribonia, the one he left quite unceremoniously <laughs> once he discovered there was a woman in existence called mm. Livia. <laughs> Turns out he likes pregnant ladies. Yes, he does. Um, So this would be his only child. And therefore, she became quite important dynastically. And I mean, this is the whole thing. We're dealing with such a new institution here, you know, Mm. with with the Principate. Um, And so when Augustus realises he's not going to have any heirs of his own... It does take quite some time for that to happen. Of course, yeah, of course. You know, give it time, give it time. But um, she ends up playing quite an important role. I mean, it's really because of her that the dynasty survives at all, I think we could say. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and we sort of, we have... It's important to keep in mind that the women aren't not useful uh, to elite families. I mean, it's all about who marries who. Yes, and and this takes on more importance when you've got, like, essentially an imperial family. Yeah, well, we have yeah. what is what is essentially, I suppose we could refer to Augustus's family as a proto-imperial family because it's it's very much in development and he's making it up as he goes along. Yes. But he does seem particularly interested in keeping it in the family. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and his interest in doing so becomes uh, clear uh, in the way that he deals with Julia, his only daughter. Yes, absolutely. Um, so first of all, obviously, he has to find a suitable husband for this child of his. Gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen, check out my words. That's right. Um, and so her first husband uh, is a man named Marcellus. He's not really looking very far for a husband at this no. point in time. He hasn't really, he hasn't really gone out of his way going... Uh, who would be best suited? Yes. Let me canvas around. <laughs> He's really kept it in-house. Yes, because Marcellus is actually the child of his sister, Octavia, by her husband, Marcellus. <laughs> God, these names. They're going to get confusing yeah, people. So yeah, so like, this is like cousins getting married. Yeah. Um, mm. It doesn't last very long, unfortunately. Marcellus is a sickly young man. He is, unfortunately. I mean, he does seem, you know, Augustus does seem to intend to do some fabulous things with him. Yeah, Augustus, <laughs> Augustus does seem to have his sights on Marcellus as being a potential 
in in it depends on yeah I mean early to. stages Scholar, yeah. scholars argue about this and Marcella, the thing is that Marcellus just dies too young yeah. for us to really know for sure how much he was being primed for this absolutely so um, he was roughly you know he wasn't ridiculously old ridiculously young no, no. Ra- around Julia's age but unfortunately their marriage I don't think it even lasted a year did it as as it was only say. like a sort of a couple of years yeah. and then he sort of carks it yeah uh, <laughs> yeah pretty much story wrapped up right there <laughs> Done and dusted. Yeah, so, uh, so where is Julia going to go to next? Yeah, well, she doesn't have any children from the marriage with Marcella, so mm. uh, her fecundity has not been proven. Mm. Augustus doesn't look very far for the second <laughs> husband either, no. as it turns out. And she may have been a little bit more disappointed with this second choice. Maybe not, but mm. maybe. Mm. <laughs> because uh, Augustus chooses a man... Uh, who's much older than she is. I mean, it's not that, not that that's that unusual, I suppose, in, in Rome. It's not out of How the many question. dollars does he have? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not imposing modern value. Yeah. And so he chooses his very, very dear friend, uh, Agrippa. Mm. Someone who's been by his side for a long time by this stage. Yeah, these two are old friends. Agrippa yes. is not really the elite sort of stock uh, no. that you would expect for a patrician like Julia. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it's a very productive marriage. Yes, I mean, Agrippa, to give him his due, I mean, it's really thanks to Agrippa that Octavian, Augustus, whatever you want to call him, um, is in the position that he's in in some ways. I mean, Agrippa essentially, you know, won oh, the yeah. battle act him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Agrippa's been carrying a heavy load of, of the military pow- prowess yes. uh, of, this, of this duo. So, you know, and his reward is... Hello, uh, <laughs> Julia. Yeah, it was seen. <laughs> she seems like fun. So, <laughs> well, I mean, whether she seems like fun or not is yeah. totally irrelevant. I mean, the fact is that <laughs> she ends up having five children with him. Very impressive. Uh, yeah, quite. Yeah. So, I mean, they're married in twenty-one BC. Yep. And that basically, she ends up producing a couple of sons, a couple of daughters. Well. Three sons, actually, a few three sons. sons yeah. Three sons, two, two daughters. daughters. Yeah, all good, looking very promising. Yeah, well, Augustus takes a real shine to a couple of these. Um, so yes, not so much the last one. <laughs> well, mostly because he wasn't born when Augustus was taking a shine to the other two sons. True. Um, but, uh, yeah. So these are Augustus's <laughs> grandchildren, essentially. Yes. And these are the ill-fated Gaius Caesar and Lucius Caesar. Yes. Uh, they seem so primed to, again, uh, fill the void. Oh, look, and yeah. he, he propels them early on before the age restrictions through mm. political positions absolutely and and it's clear that he's showing them remarkable favor yes um, in doing to the this. point where some people have suggested i think that um, this is one of the reasons why tiberius gets fed gets up with everything yeah. <laughs> uh, watch these younglings yes i mean because they're essentially teenagers you know they're, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're kids yeah they're very um, young especially when he does things like um i think he adopts them when one of them's you know, about a year old, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. So Augustus takes these children, takes these grandchildren, adopts them as his own children. Uh, yes, they're still biologically Julia's, but now in terms of the line of succession, which appears to be rapidly evolving yes. um, with these two, um, unfortunately, they die young. Yep. Both they, of them. Yeah, they die in uh, around, one of them, Gaius dies in about 4 AD, um, mm. and Lucius dies in about 2 AD. Um, so yeah, it's not that dream dies. Yeah, very very quick, early on. Very quickly, uh, it all goes downhill. Um, Agrippa Posthumus, which is the the last of Julius' sons, uh, never seems to 
fill the same position. We're not really sure what was going mm. on with him. And and he's a called Agrippa Posthumus because he he's born after Agrippa has died. There yes. is a small lag there. So he's coming quite a bit after the rest, uh, yeah. The other two. So yeah. he was probably seen as too young. And he seems to be given some favour. Yes, but up to not, a certain point, but yeah. this is really retracted mm. after Augustus dies. So Absolutely, yeah. Well and he's killed. Yeah. <laughs> really by, retracted. By retracted. Yeah. I mean somebody did him in. Yeah, right. uh, so yeah, he never gets quite the same uh, look in as the rest. Um so Augustus um is once again obviously casting about for another husband for Julia after the death of Agrippa, which yeah. leaves a real void in so his... So Agrippa dies. Yeah. Sad face. It is sad face. Uh, <laughs> Julia is now husbandless again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also just for Augustus, this would have been more of a personal tragedy, I think, than the death of Marcellus, in the sense that Agrippa really is someone he's been relying on for a lengthy amount of time. Yeah. By the time Agrippa passes away. Um, and so there is a void, you know, personally, politically... And, and the trouble is that, that from Julia's perspective, it's not clear that she's necessarily keen for a third marriage. Absolutely. I mean, this uh, is just... She doesn't get a lot of say. Because... Yeah, this is just Augustus. <laughs> this is just Augustus thinking ahead, as usual. Yeah, Augustus is part of Familia. Yeah. He and gets to make those choices He's been ruling for, for, you know, for more time now as well, you know, by mm. this stage. And so, obviously, for him, marrying her off has real political, you know, significance. Like, as the time goes by, it becomes even more significant because his power has been, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the it's, system's, it's becoming the system's more going, and more yeah. entrenched as as it goes along. Absolutely. So, so essentially when you're marrying someone to your only daughter, you are giving them, you know, sort of the political nod as well as just a personal... Yeah, you're pretty much yeah. saying, like, you're the son. You're yes. the surrogate son for this situation. Yes. And the third marriage is to Tiberius. Yes, which I think we mentioned last time. This is all in-house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did not work out particularly well. Um, it doesn't it, get off to a bad start, exactly. Oh, the sources tend to suggest that they got along quite well in the beginning, despite yes. Tiberius being upset about having divorced his previous well, wife yes, in order to course. marry her. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, those sort of difficulties aside... Yes, um, exactly. I mean, what we can, from far, as far as we can see, um, Julia did things like accompany Tiberius to his provincial command in Illyria. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, you know, so that's good. <laughs> How t- supportive. Bit of togetherness, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go east? Little east of eastern delights. Yeah, so it seems like, you know, things aren't going too badly. And uh, when Tiberius returns to Rome, Julia gives a dinner for him with Livia, um, his mother. Oh, that's and her, nice. you know, her mother-in-law, therefore. So things don't seem to go too badly, but then sort of we see it seems to indicate that things start to go badly when um, Julia has a miscarriage, and then there's mm. the death of Drusus as well, which seemed to really yeah. affect. I don't know whether it's just affecting Tiberius or whether it's affecting both of them, but yeah, is there yeah. is there something in what is happening? So. So to clarify, uh, this Drusus yes. is... <laughs> Who is this Drusus? Who is this Drusus? <laughs> this is 9 BC, the death of Tiberius's beloved brother, Drusus. Mm. Uh, and this is something, uh, I don't know if we stress this enough in our Tiberius <laughs> episode, but this is really something that hits Tiberius hard. I mean, he actually escorts the ashes back to Rome, apparently, yeah. on foot, yeah. um, which... It's a, a long huge, way. Yeah, <laughs> a huge, a huge show of uh, brotherly respect. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so yes, it, it that's when things start to it seems maybe not go so well. <laughs> <laughs> a couple start to drift apart. Yeah, up until the point where um, then Tiberius decides that he's going to retire to Rome. 
Which apparently is uh, Yulia's fault. <laughs> Partially, anyway. Well, yeah, that's what I was to say. So Tiberius uh, sort of gets up and is like, that's it. I'd rather live in Rhodes than stay around <laughs> here a moment longer. Uh, so, of course, this leaves um, Julia in a bit of a difficult situation in the sense that she is still married. Augustus isn't permitting a divorce um, <laughs> between these, these two. Um, so she's kind of having to live like a widow, but she's not a widow. Mm. <laughs> so she can't look around for her new husband exactly. And but that doesn't stop her looking around. No. <laughs> this is the this is where she runs into difficulties perhaps. <laughs> because basically um in order for you know a Roman woman enjoys a certain amount of social freedom, particularly when we compare them to, you know, women in Athens and that sort of thing. Mm. Um and but a lot of that uh social freedom for a Roman woman comes from being married, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a sort of a, a respect accorded to married Roman women, which is very different from unmarried Roman women. They have a greater sense of freedom yes, uh, to yeah. conduct themselves. And presumably she would have retained this, but it would have been an odd situation yes. without Tiberius, Tiberius there. Yeah, it just been awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like you could invite gentlemen over to your house, exactly. even if you knew them. Yes. Because it wouldn't be appropriate necessarily to have those men there, even if they were family friends, if the husband wasn't home. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little awkward, a little weird. How do you get together with the ladies? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if the men aren't there. Yeah, I mean, of course, we don't, unfortunately, we don't really know a lot about how Julia lived um, during this time because, of course, when, when, with Tiberius away, um, and therefore, she can't have any babies. <laughs> well, well and these are I the mean, sorts of yeah, things our sources are interested. Logistically, yeah, logistically, she's not having any babies. Uh, her, you know, her political role is therefore sort of minimal in this time. Mm. You know, minimalized, I should probably say. Um, and so, we don't really know a lot about her life during this period until <laughs> until, until wait for until, it. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I think it's time for a collective gas. <gasps> the scandal. <laughs> What? A scandal? <laughs> That's right. In Augustus' own house. Just can't handle this sort of drama. I know. And, yeah, so basically it's a bit of a weird uh, thing that all of a sudden sort of hits out of the blue um, in that Augustus announces, um, you know, this, it's this particularly big year for him. He's just accepted the title of, you know, part of Patriae, father of the country, which is a big deal. <laughs> you know, he's had a big year. Yeah, yeah. it's been a, a political win. Yeah, it's all looking <laughs> all good. Yeah, it's looking... Looking promising. But there's about to be a taint Absolutely. upon his house. Yeah, so in about um, 2 AD, I think, you know, the, p- the sources have pinpointed it, um, Augustus reveals that he has discovered that his daughter um, has been an adulteress, basically, in quite major terms. <laughs> yeah, well, one wonders, first of all, how did he discover it? Yeah. Uh, how long had it been going on before he discovered Absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, how do you go about dealing with with this sort of situation as Augustus because he finds himself in an awkward position where he's like the first man in Rome and now he's the father of the fatherland and you know we've talked before about how Augustus introduced you know during moral legislation yeah particularly focusing (laughs) on things like adultery yes and the time between remarriages and all of this sort of thing so he's got this whole plan about how Roman society should work and then all of a sudden he's presented with uh oh. It's on my own daughter. <laughs> Ding dong. Hey, going? It's like, Julia, I love you, but what have you done? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a huge PR problem. Yes. For Augustus. And it, I mean, it's, it's all, everything about it is just really weird, quite frankly. Mm. Um, because Augustus basically 
writes to the Senate telling them what's happened. <laughs> Dear Senate, yeah. <laughs> I've discovered my daughter might not be... Anyway. <laughs> I can't say it. I can't say it. <laughs> I can't go on. Meet me at my house. <laughs> yeah, so apparently, I mean, you know, the sources dwell on, you know, his rage and his grief at discovering her deception, but... <laughs> At the same time, the accusations are still, you know, it's handled in a really bizarre sort of way in that there's no official trial or anything like that. No, there's a whole bunch of speculation and yeah. rumours and, you know, some names are dropped, some some base men that she may have been with. Maybe, and, yeah. And they're sort of thrown about and... Yeah. And yeah. The sources say that she was up to things like not just committing adultery. No, no, no. That wouldn't do for our Julia. <laughs> now, we're talking about things like, um, you know, particularly bad behaviour mm. in the forum. Uh, Anything <laughs> that gratified her desires, apparently. Yes, and, uh, you know, obviously that raises the question, why on earth would she want to get up to mischief in the forum and at night when she could have just gone to the house of someone around Well, her? yeah, and part of the speculation that surrounds this, one of the schools of thought, is that Julia is doing this precisely because she wants to attack Augustus. Absolutely. Do yeah. it in public. Yeah. Do it in the forum. Hurting Make witness. sure there are witnesses. Yeah. Why not? I mean, this is the guy that's pushed you around for all of your life. Yes. And frankly, you're sick of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is this her trying to get back at him? Or is this something more sinister? Is this a conspiracy? Well, that's another possibility. Yeah, because her Does lovers, she have supporters? Yeah, her lovers are not all base men. In fact, one of them is the son of Mark Antony, uh, Augustus's old rival. Mm. Um, and so there has been speculation that, you know, is she conspiring to overthrow Augustus? Um which again, you know, you have to question obviously the like you know, whether this is likely. Well, um, given that, you know, her children, you know, is she thinking of her children? In this certainly, instance, certainly or? one of the ways that you could try and sell it if you were Julia yes. would be to say, look, I am the only biological relation of Augustus. Of I, course, I, I am directly. I, I yeah. am directly linked to this guy. Yes. If you want to step into those shoes of power, yes. the best way you could do that is through is, me. Is through yeah, me. Absolutely. And so, yeah, there's, there is all this speculation, but essentially what ends up happening is that Julia is exiled. Mm -hmm. um, she is sent far, far away, and some very strict regulations are put in place by Augustus uh, to make sure that she... You're never allowed to return. That's right. You shan't be buried in the mausoleum. No, you can't drink any wine. You can't have any male visitors at all. <laughs> Fortunately, at this point in time, Julia's biological mother, uh, Scribonia, who's been in the background all of these years, yes. uh, politically, but yes. probably not in a personal sense, of course, uh, steps up to the plate and says, Julia, I'll go with you. Yeah, which is really <laughs> quite touching, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's some, there's some, uh, the mother support there uh, makes for an interesting sort of balance yes. to, to the way that she's treated so negatively by Absolutely. Augustus. Absolutely. And so, we're, you know, we're kind of left with all these questions as to you know, what Julia was thinking, what she was getting up to. I mean, the sources obviously, you know, sort of generally take the, the male point of view, you know, in that they, uh, you know, they talk about Augustus's disappointment and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we do have a couple of sources which um, give us a little bit more insight into her personality. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Famously, I think I've mentioned this many times, but I'm going to mention it again. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We've got scenes in, uh, you know, Macrobius um, where uh, Julie is asked by a friend how she manages to produce children 
uh, which only produce children that look like their father, Agrippa. Um, and Julia retorts, "Ah, oh, well, I only take on passengers when the cargo is already loaded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, keep it happening, guys. Like, yeah, so she's organised with her with her style of jo- of adultery, apparently. Apparently, um, yes. Although, although quite witty. Um, but yes. yeah, I mean, we had, yeah, we have other st- stories where Augustus saw her dressed in a, a risque outfit. Um, and he <laughs> yeah, that's unbecoming. Exactly. Well, he, and he doesn't say anything, you know. Um, but then the next day, she's dressed quite modestly and demurely, and he expresses his approval of this new outfit. Mm. And Julia says, Well, you see, today I'm dressed for my father. The other day, I was dressing for my husband. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> father, you should not have been watching. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is, I suppose, picking up perhaps on the, the good time girl <laughs> yeah and she seems to have been quite witty and clever as well yes. like there was another account is that she was uh at the gladiatorial shows and augustus has sort of pointed out that livia is sitting with old distinguished men and perhaps she should consider doing the same being part of the same household mm. and julia sort of points at the young men around her going when i'm old they'll be old too yes exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like whatever yeah. <laughs> I've thought this through I've thought this through I know what's going on yeah because this is this is a girl who has essentially been you know at the heart of you know this new political system for a long time and she has had to suffer numerous dynastic marriages and the thing is that she must have a good idea about how things work exactly yeah so, I and mean, so she's got a good idea about how to pull people's strings as well yeah precisely <laughs> Um, unfortunately, although the uh, restrictions regarding her exile are uh, made a little less harsh as time goes on, she's never really allowed to return to <laughs> to to Rome or the life that she once enjoyed. Um, mm. If she thought that Tiberius was going to <laughs> ease her burden, she was mistaken. Yes, well, uh, yeah, she, she kind of made it a rod for her and back with that one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we do end up with a, a sort of a, a sad situation, really, where mm. Julia doesn't have the opportunity to redeem herself in the eyes of Augustus. No. Um, she stays out in exile in various locations. I mean, you've got to hand it to Augustus. If this whole story is true... Uh, then he really followed through with his own <laughs> his own laws, didn't he? Well, he kind of had to take it a step further because... Yes, he had to set the example. Yeah, it mm. wasn't... Those sort of punishments weren't necessarily the punishments that were due for the sorts of crimes that she was accused of. No, but he certainly, you know, sets the standard and says, I'm not going to tolerate this mm. kind of behaviour. In fact, I believe that... Uh, I mean, supposedly this is one of those anecdotes which come out of this whole affair, that um, one of Julia's slaves um, committed suicide because she was worried that, you know, she'd be implicated oh, no. in, in her mistress's <laughs> bad behaviour. Bad, bad behaviour. And Augustus says that he wishes he were the father of this particular slave girl rather than Julia. Oh, ouch. I know. Gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh. Then, of course, the other, I suppose, side to this, which is um, equally <laughs> uh, puzzling and somewhat ironic, is that uh, one of Julia's two daughters... Julia the Younger, Julia Minor, ends up well, in she a goes, similar... She goes down a very similar path, yeah, it would seem. she really does. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, she, I mean, Julia Minor is the one that's famously associated with the exile of Ovid yes. uh, in 8 AD. So there is a, a sort of a, a disturbing continuity between <laughs> yeah. mother and daughter on that particular front. Absolutely. And so there is, a, there is a sort of overhanging legacy of Julia Maior's uh, life and and the way that she lived it absolutely because it's not it's not uh, that much further after 
the elder Julia's disgrace that her daughter is also disgraced. Mm. Um, and at the same time that she seems to have been um, exiled, Ovid was also exiled, and it seems, you know, for some sort of mistake that he made, which has led people to believe that that mistake might have been Julia. <laughs> oh, yes. And Ovid's mistake in the elusive way that he talks about it makes it so difficult I to know, be able to so pin it down to yes. anything. Uh, people continue to argue about that today. Yes. So I guess we'll leave you on that sad note but, uh, <laughs> after contemplating the raunchy and bad behaviour of the two Julias under Augustus. <laughs> and the train wreck, really. It that was uh, a train that, wreck. That, that Augustan sort of, the Augustan age sort of reaps upon certain women of its own house. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. It sends a, sends a message loud and clear, I think. Yeah, be Olivia or don't be anybody at all. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Until next time, adieu. Farewell. Farewell.